0: Hello and welcome back to stories. Let me ask you, what do you get when you take someone who's so full of life and energy and just positive vibes all around and no matter who you are, you're just drawn to her? You get Jessie May Wolf. That's who. So we're going to talk to her and find out what makes her her and find out more about her. So sit back, relax and grab your favorite beverage and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Stories. Please welcome to the show, Jesse May Wolf. Welcome to the show, Jesse.
1: Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you, Reed.
0: Thank you very much. So, why don't we start off with you telling me a little bit about yourself?
1: Absolutely. Well, um, there's so much to share, but I will start, I guess, by saying I'm. Um, based in LA, but I'm from Montreal. So certain things when I, when I say out and about or process or certain words that I'll share that give away my Canadian, Uh, but LA has been home base. And I would say I'm, you know, I've always been a a creative sort of entrepreneurial force and very sensitive. Um, You know, I grew up, in Montreal and, you know, went to school there. I went away. I went, um, as soon as I could, I was definitely a bit of a free spirit. So I was excited to go away to university and, um, you know, just sort of travel and very Sagittarius nature. So I really had that kind of adventurous spirit. So I had the opportunity to, and I did, I went away and traveled and studied. And I, my, my studies and my degree were in communication with a minor in film studies, which a lot of people don't necessarily know, but I studied documentary film. And from that, I went into, interestingly enough, into photography, because I wanted to be a photographer. I love I love to capture the image and the moment, which was an interesting way to go, because most people go from film the other way around rather from a still image to the moving image. And I thought, wow, when I was studying film and human story and being fascinated by how a moment could be so transformational versus a whole passage of time. So I kind of got really drawn into photography. Um, and I actually pursued that for some time. I was in a lot of creative industries, got to travel, was in Australia, spent some time there. And when I learned about um There I said about, that's my Canadian. Everyone calls that out too when I say about. (laughs) Um, But when I started to understand what design and graphic design and how I could use my images to start communicating messages and to be more intentional with the images as well, I was really interested because I had never really understood or known that there was even such a thing as graphic design. So the creative part of me got very excited by that, that I could use these amazing images and capture words and phrasing and... The place I was working at the time in Australia was like this sweet little dessert cake shop, Nana's, and it was on, it was in Bondi Beach. It was like a little beach, cliffside, like cute little kind of, you know, vibe, little dessert shop. And the woman who owned the shop, her mom, it was Nana's. So it was all her famous delicious, like all the desserts and the, like, it was full on dessert shop, like crazy. You go in like banana bun cake, all these crazy. And I would make signs and I would have like be playing my music and having fun. I was like 22 as a baby and it was amazing. And what I found so interesting is she, her business as a side, in addition to running her mom's like you know, sort of bakery, so to speak, was this graphic design business. And I didn't know about it, but I had almost pursued photography as a career at the time. And when I understood, again, that I could marry these images with words and she would throw, she saw the signs that I would make. So she would throw little ideas out there, like tell me, Oh, I'm working on this client campaign or this concept or this business idea. And I would, my little creative wheels would start spinning and I would have ideas and throw names out. And half of the time she'd end up using the name I would come up with or the concept. And so I thought, wow, there's something here. So I started to explore graphic design more actively. And the interesting reason I'm bringing that up is because it relates back to now, you know, so often we take paths early on that don't Mm -hmm. always relate to, our experience now. So anyway, that's a bit of a start. There's so much more I can say. And then it weaves back to what I now do. Do you want me to keep going? Cause it's, it's a that's long fine. story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So from the graphic design, um, I actively, I got a job in London, England at the time, my boyfriend at the time got signed to a big record label and I had just finished a design degree. I decided to switch from photography into design when I got back and I'd finished my portfolio and I thought, let's do it. Let's go to London. I'm going to take on graphic design in London. This little Montrealer was like, go get them. And I did. And I went there and it was not as obvious. <laughs> you know, I was 22 <laughs> thinking I was going to get some great design job, But I will say, uh, and a big shout out to my papa, who's with me in my heart, not here with us in this form, but always with me. And he used to say, you know, 50 doors close, the 51st will open. And I really love that. And he always was like a, you know, go get them sort of really take that um, encouraging, optimistic, positive attitude around things and really just sort of have that courage to just keep trying and keep going for it. And so when I moved to London, I didn't apply for specific design jobs. I actually had my top 10 list of where I wanted to work and I actually landed one of them. I went and I would go and make friends with like the person in reception and be like, I'd love to meet with the design manager when they are director, when they have, you know, when they're just taking a little break and sort of befriend them. Anyhow, long and short, I got it. I ended up getting a design job, uh, which was almost more than I could handle because I was doing a German translation for a massive art table book, like one of those gorgeous coffee table books. And so they Mm -hmm. gave me like a junior job where I had to, is a black and white, one of those beautiful books. And I basically had to take the English edition and translate it into German, which for anyone who knows a little bit about graphics, the language of laying out German is a lot longer and more tedious than laying out English just because the the words are longer. So here I am 22 in way over my head in this job that I landed that I was all excited about. But like, oh, my God, I, I'm going to have to lay out like 800 pages in German. And what have I done? <laughs> um, anyway, I just share that because all of these experiences really help to shape the courage with which, you know, what I now do is. So from design, I got back and I ended up, Um, I did that job. I got that job and I I designed a few fun books and creative experiences there. Uh, Then I moved back to Montreal where I decided to launch a clothing line. And again, these are all threads of the bigger narrative, which is what I now do. Um, I launched a clothing line that actually we're reviving um, the name of for a new podcast that I'm bringing out. So I'm kind of excited because it feels like a bit of a full circle because this was in 2003, I launched a collection (laughs) And it was really fun. I built that up for about six years. And I was really enjoying all of that, the creative entrepreneurial aspect. There's a lot to say about that. But I want to segue to where I am now. Um, I, by the end in 2008, I became a little bit Overwhelmed by just the rat race of it all and just continuously churning out constant producing, you know, no sooner would I have finished designing a collection I had to create a new. One and there was just it felt like this treadmill, you know, living on this constant like having to churn and never really getting to. Just relax and embrace the things that I had created and I just I didn't love the industry and how just very rat racy it felt so. But at that point, I just decided, you know, what I've always loved, and it's like a coming back to what was supporting and inspiring others and in dreams. And I really had been drawn to what has now become a much bigger industry, but coaching at the time, and this was 2008. And a dear friend of mine had sent me an article from the New York Times about life coaching. She's like, you do this so naturally, you know, would you consider it? Or just she wanted to share it with me. And I read the article and I remember thinking, wow, you know, this is so exciting. You get to champion and support people's dreams and their vision. Um, so I actively pursued, I found a program, I went and pursued that. And I basically from building and sort of getting a career going with coaching came to understand that most people were blocked in their heart and emotionally. Um, and that flashes to where I am now in the work that I do now, uh, which is often with creatives or people that are, um, you know, entrepreneurs or innovators or brave hearts, rebels, people that are not necessarily following the yellow brick road, those that want to, you know, do something meaningful with their life and really know that there's more to this life. And so I got to work with a lot of those people and recognizing that the emotional piece, the heart piece was so important. Um so I studied a lot more about the heart and I've developed a practice that I now teach and facilitate and that brings us up to speed. There's so much more to say but I tried to summarize.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so There's a lot. How, more. Yeah. So that's how the Heart Foundation got started.
1: That's right. And Heart Rise the method now is exactly something that I now bring into it's a four-step method and I've, you know, studied different modalities, I've trained with some of the best. I've done extensive work in the field so led groups and you know, from small groups to larger groups and seen a really amazing transformation by really activating this heart intelligence and, and tuning into what the heart can offer us.
0: All right. So you grew up in Montreal. Yeah. And school brought you to L.A.
1: School. And I will say it's interesting because my first... Coming when I used to come out to LA, I didn't actually love it because I used to come out when I had uh, my clothing line and I had a showroom out here. And I just remember feeling like it was the kind of more empty vapid LA, the, the stuff that you'd hear like a little more superficial. And that was sort of the side that I got to see when I was more in the fashion world. There was just more of the like, you know, highfalutin vibe and like the events and it was fun, but it just didn't feel Soulful in the way that my like the, my heart and soul were calling that in when I got on this path with the you know the journey of the heart and so when I was called back here I had actually studied and done a training for this coach training in San Diego and that was right at the crossroads when I was switching gears and wanting to get into coaching and healing and helping others and supporting their dreams and San Diego was an amazing experience in this program was it was great it was good it wasn't necessarily that the program was that phenomenal but it was more that I fell in love with California and then I got to go up the coast and came back to LA at that point and because I had just kind of opened my heart and decided I wanted to pursue this and really support people and champion their dreams and really empower them to have the kind of courage and conviction mm-hmm. and commitment that Is transformational that I really fell in love with LA because I came back up here from San Diego and I just was like, wow, there's a whole other world. When people say LA, I like to say, which LA? You know, because you have so many different communities and frequencies and vibes and industries and, you know, from the wellness world to, you know, the very Hollywood sort of, you know, media side to the celebrity side to like, there's a whole other, I mean, there's just so much that you can explore here, all the different Mm -hmm. aspects.
0: All right. Now, let me ask you what motivates you, inspires you and drives you
1: that's a great question. I would say all things that keep me connected to my heart. So humans probably to begin with, you know, I'm really inspired by other human beings and stories. So love sharing Mm -hmm. stories and seeing and really recognizing just how connected we all are. You know, that really always moves me to recognize our similarities versus our differences. I mean, the differences make us unique, but I'm always fascinated to, experience how much we all share in terms of our human journey so the the connection piece I would say really motivates and inspires me as does being in nature and um, just you know really the elements. so I love being by the ocean I love you know being whether it's like going on hikes or being in the forest or being up north you know it's like we have a beautiful place that our family goes to that we've been going to since we were little kids on the lake. And I love being up there. That's kind of where I hid out during COVID. I was kind of hid- hiding in the woods and <laughs> the mountains on the lake with my sauna and my fires. And it was amazing. So being in nature connected to the elements, um, movement, dance, music, travel. I really love travel. And again, that comes back to stories too. I love to experience travel and and really understand, you know, what, what lights others up too, and just sort of understanding cultural uniqueness and experiences. So, yeah, those are some of the, some of the many things, but life inspires me.
0: All right. What's the best compliment you've ever gotten? Hmm.
1: I guess probably that someone feels very seen or supported or held, you know, that they feel, um, acknowledged or celebrated. I would like to say that that's what I would love to, you know, as sort of a legacy, I think that that that's what I, I feel very blessed I get to do is connect with people in a deep way. And so I would say that having that reflected back or having someone say they really felt appreciated or seen or supported, that really fills me up.
0: All right. what's your biggest failure? And what did you learn from that experience?
1: I would say probably, you know, and I think of failure as like really learning opportunities. So I love the way you asked the question. I would say that, you know, the quote unquote failure of the clothing line in that I had to kind of, I used to say Jesse May is having a nap because May is my middle name. And so the clothing line was named my name. So that was a bit of an identity crisis. So there was that aspect too of failing. So it was like, and we're putting down the line so it was sort of like my name was all enrolled in that so that was Mm -hmm. a little bit disorienting if you will so uh, i would say that that whole experience of having to really kind of come to and recognize okay like this is not the right time to be doing this and the economy is crazy and so it felt like a level of failure but when i was able to really reconcile that i got to take a new path as a result it softened the impact of the said failure, you know? So I I like to really look at failures as teachers or opportunities to grow.
0: All right. Tell me about three influential people in your life and how they impacted you.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, Immediate or it doesn't matter. They could be. Okay. Okay. One of my favorites, I mean, there's so many, (laughs) Um, I would say, well, okay, someone who's sort of, you know, out there in the public that I really appreciate who's more of a modern day teacher. And she's just one of my favorites is Esther Perel. And I really love her work. She talks a lot about relational intelligence and what it is to be human. And more recently, she shared about the idea of artificial intimacy, which I think is such an interesting way to frame what we're looking at through AI being artificial intelligence. But this concept of like that we're more connected than ever, but we're more disconnected. So this is a big theme that I love to explore in my work. And I just think she's such a pioneer. She's an incredible therapist, doctor, speaker, just she's amazing. She's something else. So recommend checking her out. Um, and she certainly inspired me. In the same spirit, actually, one of my earlier spiritual teachers who I absolutely adore and who's a real firecracker is Marian Williamson, and she's also someone whose work I... Just completely revere and uh, really her tenacity and her dedication. I mean, she's run for all, like she's, you know, she's she's very politically savvy, which is also exciting because not only does she roll in the spiritual world and sort of empowering others, but she also is incredibly knowledgeable and educated when it comes to the history of the U.S., but just global history as well. So she can really speak to it and is a real advocate for just human evolution and she's incredible. And her teachings are largely based on a course in miracles for anyone who's familiar. But beyond that, she just speaks truth into being. And she's like, if five feet, maybe, but she's, I remember the first time I heard her speak, it was this conference, actually a weekend retreat that or workshop that I had booked. And I just remember going in and not realizing how full it would be. And most of it was a sat sit down situation. And I was kind of overwhelmed by the size of the room. And I thought, oh, I should have probably come here earlier. And I almost didn't get a seat. And I walked forward and there were two spots kind of in the middle there. And one of them, someone had come in and they told me they were saving the other one, but whoever it was meant to be for, I was still lingering another 10 minutes later and or five minutes later. And the woman sort of motioned to me and she's like, I think this seat's for you. And it was like second row, right in the middle, right in front. And I just sat there all weekend and just soaked up all of her words. And it was, I felt like she was talking to me. It was such a beautiful experience and it really affirmed so much of what I had been learning. It was right around the time when I was transitioning from the clothing line into coaching. So she really helped to reinforce a lot of the deeper truths that I was coming in touch with. And so Mm -hmm. she's been a huge, huge, powerful influence and advocate and supporter of my work. we when I actually lost my dad, she did a whole prayer for him and it was at the Savant Theater. She's just been an incredible light and life force. Um, and then I would say the other one, and these are all more public figures. I could speak to people in my more immediate world, too, but these are just, I feel, real beacons on the planet. Um and the so the other one is Jane Goodall, who I just, mm-hmm. I've always loved her, but I think that her humanitarian work and her work with the chimps and just what she's done to heighten our sensitivity and our capacity to be kind humans I feel like her voice and her vision is so profound and just her dedication her like immersion Mm -hmm. in working with and studying and being so right there with all the chimps and really taking in uh, a lot of important information that I think we all need at this time you know in this fast-paced world that we're all immersed in right now I think that the slowing down and listening to people like her is more of what we need at this time so yeah those are top three I think For the moment. There's many, many, many.
0: (laughs) All right. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self?
1: I would say being with people I love. Dancing, movement makes me so happy. I just come alive. I feel like my spirit just shines when I get to move. Um, And with that, music as well. Music is really important for me. Um, And again, I would say travel too. Like I really enjoy... Mm -hmm um uh, being in a new place and just getting to recognize it it almost like allows for that deepening of our self-awareness like the more we mm-hmm. travel the more we can be grounded within like i love to say home is where the heart is but i really believe that i really believe that when we remember that this is home so wherever we are you know wherever you go mm-hmm. there you are right so the yeah. idea that the heart is the home and being in different environments excites me because then I get to be true to me and see how a new context or a new country, a new culture, a new place, Mm -hmm. a new experience um, inspires. So, yeah.
0: I mean, I've always said that home isn't a place or a a building. It's a feeling. No matter where you are, when you travel, you always take home with you.
1: That's so true. That's exactly right.
0: All right. Finish this sentence. I'm at my best when...
2: I am rested
1: and in the company of people that I love.
0: Alright. If you can turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell her about where you are now in
2: life?
1: Enjoy every moment. (laughs) 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 be present to those moments you know being present to the moments because sometimes we can get so caught up in that like go here go there destination addiction I'm so it's so like so just really like satiate just appreciate every moment because they're all special you
0: know, if you can have a billboard with anything on it what would it be in life
1: remember how loved you are and it's because I think most people forget and we need to remember and be reminded and just by reading those words it's amazing how that can be compelling to be just a reminder like a reflection
2: what do you think the world will look like in five years (laughs) that's a
1: very good question
2: um, I I would like
1: to imagine that there will be inspiring progress with some of the tech because I know that it could go many different ways. But I'd like to see that things like AI and some of the you know quick, fast paced technological developments that they are being integrated in meaningful ways to help facilitate connection, growth, things that matter. Uh, i feel that the it's interesting because we do a lot of work with corporate and i've seen how much that has changed and sort of so i feel like the whole workplace kind of model will have hopefully settled a little bit i think that's changing rapidly and a lot of companies are not keeping offices or they're you know just doing a lot more remote work this sort of digital nomad culture has grown so i think that all is going to continue to grow and evolve i think we're going to see more migration of people from cities to you know, the country and or just being out in nature. So I'd like to see and I'd like to think that there will be more of that momentum. I'm hopeful that humanity will continue moving on a compassionate route. I know there's a lot of dark forces that are coming up, too, but I'd like to see the rise of young leaders who have voices that matter, that are really conscious and care about the planet and sustainability and community I believe that community living will also become more of a regular thing. I'm seeing more and more of that trend, people wanting to connect and commune, even though there's a lot more, let's say, single parents or even, you know, adults that don't have children. So there's new models that really have broken the the nuclear mold. And so I think we'll be seeing different forms of community living and how that all gets to play out. So I think we're on the cusp of a massive shift.
0: All right. What was your favorite subject in school? Art. (laughs) I sense that in you. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: I I did enjoy English, too. I was part of like an AP English, and I used to enjoy like just the like, especially when we got into the philosophy and some of the different authors and teach, you know, I used to enjoy the readings and the poetry and some of that stuff, too.
0: All right. What are you an introvert or an extrovert?
1: I'm an extroverted introvert. <laughs> <laughs> How's that?
0: <laughs> That's something I've never heard before.
1: Uh huh. Cause I'm very extroverted, but generally speaking, I am an introvert. I like my downtime. I need to recharge and reboot. You know, a lot of extroverts just always like to be out and extrovert, you know, in that way. And it's like I do and I am that way. But, and I also really need to recharge and have my downtime and my introvert time too so
0: <laughs> all right if you can be remembered for one thing what would it be and why
1: <laughs> to have loved wholeheartedly unapologetically to have really shared my heart with the world in all the ways that i can because i know right. that i i'm able to you know hold people in a way that they feel loved and it's a, it's a real privilege it's a, a gift so i would want to be remembered for that
0: All right. How about telling me where you are now in life?
1: Yes. Well, I am excited, actually, to be in the midst of looking at relaunching and getting ready to relaunch my podcast, which I I used to have a podcast back in... 2011 (laughs) pre podcast you know in the early days when a lot of people didn't even know what a podcast was and I did a dial up it was very homemade but it was I had great guests on and we had a lot of fun but I'm excited to say that I'll be bringing back rebooting relaunching a new podcast in the fall like late summer early fall so stay tuned but very excited because it feels like a a revival of why I even got on this whole track in the first place when I really shifted gears from the rat race of fashion and all the other industries I'd been in and coming back to the core and the simplicity of human connection and communication and conversation, because I've been able to grow what I've built and it's been very rewarding. And there's a part of me that really misses the intimacy or the connection of just the human conversations that I get to have every day. But Typically now when I do work, it's more bigger groups and speaking and things like that, which I love, but I'm excited to be getting back into a place where I can be connecting more with, you know, one-on-one, but also at scale with more people in that way and getting to journey and travel. So that's definitely a big piece that's in the pipeline. We've been working with some amazing organizations and companies as well, which has been really rewarding as well, being able to go in and support teams that are in transition Um, there's definitely some travel some retreats on the horizon and really building some of these beautiful communities that we're seeing emerge and to be a part Mm -hmm. of that which has been really beautiful so kind of setting up some beautiful bases and oases and sanctuaries in different parts of the world so that's all on the docket right now
0: (laughs) all right now we get to the show where i ask you some obscure questions okay let's get started what is your favorite word
1: It would be a toss-up between juicy and cozy. (laughs) And people who know me know that.
0: (laughs) All right. What is your least favorite word?
1: Anything that's just sour. So, like, you know, just negative, like negative stuff, like just complaining or anything that's sort of sour.
0: All right. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally?
1: I think the spirit of connection in general, so whether it's connecting to those aspects of what I, you know, shared that inspire me. So, you know, whether it's being in nature, music, um, connecting with others, whether I'm facilitating circle or in communion with someone or having a deep, beautiful conversation connection, those things all really excite me. And just that they light me up. So yeah, and they all, for me, you know, spirituality and creativity are one and the same. So they kind of blend. So when I'm feeling really creative, it really accesses for me what I think of as spirit or source or flow. And so they all kind of go together. So when I'm in that symbiotic sort of, when I feel that flow state, which is the fourth step of our method, when I'm in that flow, I feel really ignited and excited.
0: All right. What turns you off?
1: People that are mean and unkind.
0: All right. What is your favorite curse word?
1: Fuck. (laughs) Sometimes it just warrants being said. So you're inviting me to say it. I don't use it a lot, but once in a while it just nails it. So, (laughs) all right.
0: What sound or noise do you love? The ocean. What sound or noise do you hate?
1: Any siren or just very loud, obnoxious sound. Like the other day there were, there was like a helicopter in very LA that was like just hovering and like just loud and intrusive. So that type of intense chronic right. sound, that's obnoxious.
0: All right. What's your favorite color? Yellow. What's your least favorite color?
1: I would probably say black. It's not technically a color, but it's funny. When I had my clothing line, that was a color I never wanted to create. And it was buyers all wanted it. And I was like, no, we're going to do color. (laughs) So I like bright.
0: (laughs) What profession other than your own would would you like to attempt? Music. All right. What profession would you not like to do?
1: Anything that's too, like... Operation, heady, admin, all that stuff does not do it for me.
0: (laughs) All right. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: Welcome home. (laughs) (laughs) When you
0: arrive at heaven, who would you like to meet?
1: I'd love to see my dad again. All
0: right. What books do you recommend my audience read or podcast listen to?
2: Mm.
1: Books, probably my number one is The Alchemist, Paulo Coelho. I love all of his work. Um, More recently, I've really been enjoying, I love Gabor Mate's work. So The Myth of Normal is a really good one. Um. A Return to Love is a total classic. Marianne Williamson, as I mentioned, is one of the ones that really inspires me. I love hers. It's just such a beautiful book that really speaks to the power of shifting from fear to love. And it's really inspirational. Um, Those would be, I'd say, off the top. One that I'm actually currently reading that I can share that I've been loving that a dear friend and client gifted me is wild mercy and I can read you the subtitle it just says living the fierce and tender wisdom of the women mystics so for men and women but powerful a lot of good wisdom in there podcasts uh there's so many that I enjoy I love um how I built this guy raz from an entrepreneurial standpoint I love um Michael Mead, Mosaic Voices. I'm trying to remember the name of his show, but um, I enjoy the Mark Groves for relational um, anything. I mean, I love Scout and all the stuff that we were talking about, Scout and all of her,
0: mm-hmm.
1: everything that Scout gets up to, I'm a big advocate for Um Which other ones? I mean, there's so many Esther Perel's. Where do we begin? I'm a big, I love her. I tend to love listening to people who share about stories or relationship advice. I love the man talks Connor Beaton too. He's got some really interesting um, perspective for men in particular. Um, Like I'm just like drawing a blank, but I've got so many. I mean, I have so many saved here. Yours. (laughs) Soon to be come out and play with Jesse May. (laughs) Yeah. All right.
0: And And finally, where can people find out more about you and your coaching?
1: Yay. Uh, Well, I'm happy to connect with any of your listeners. And I would say you can either through our website, which is heartrisemovement.com. You can also through Instagram, um, my personal Instagram, which we're going to be building up to as we grow the podcast and all that. So I recommend coming over if you want to be up to speed on when we launch. Would be Jesse May Wolf. Wolf is my last name, and it's J E S S I E M A Y, and W O L F E. So there or heart rise movement on Instagram. And then you can also through either of those, you can message me directly. There's a link to book time as well. If you're wanting to learn more about potentially working together, I do take on a select few private coaching clients. And then we work with companies and communities and do premium events and retreats and beyond, but the yeah. podcast will be a really fun way to come and connect. Cause I'm going to have, I've got a real series of fun conversations already queued up. So yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I just want to say, people, I feel Jessie is a true, genuine person. Just talking to her, I feel love and warmth just coming from her. And I am fortunate to become one of her friends. Mm. She just talking to her when I first met her meant the world to me. Her friendship, I'm sure our friendship is going to blossom. And we're just going to be such great friends. Jesse, it was an honor to have you on the show.
1: Oh, Reed, thank you so much. It is so mutual. I am so thankful to be here. You have created such a beautiful space for people to share their stories. You are such a light. And I'm sure all of your listeners just love tuning into you. And I'm really just super thankful to have shared this time, this conversation and to a beautiful friendship. Thank you. Now no
0: problem. <laughs> and I'll see you in the next one, everyone. See you there.
2: the sky burn, getting higher for the fumes, feeling like the bombs outside of flowers. Me and you stay, watching through the glass as the moon came, body, soul, and hands feeling truly like see the world way we see the world. of the way you see the world